So we've got some teaching now. Haven't we had really great teaching this week? Yeah? You know, we've had people from all over the world, from this country, and from really local as well. Um, and we're really excited to have um, a good friend of Creation Fest all the way from Vero Beach in Florida in the United States of America. Oh, big shout out there. So let's give a round of applause for Jim Gallagher. Here he is. And Jim, I'm going to pray for you this morning. Welcome to Creation Fest. I know you've been with us a number of days, but welcome, welcome to main stage. And uh, yeah, let's pray. So Father God, we pray for Jim this morning, Lord. We just pray you bless him, Lord. You speak through him this morning for what um, you have through Jim for us this morning, Lord. And we pray, Lord, that we open our hearts to receive from you this morning, Lord. Give us attentive ears to hear, ready wills to obey, Lord. And just open our hearts, Lord, creating us a new heart, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you, Gareth. Well, good morning. Excited to be here. Hey, um, as Gareth mentioned, my name is Jim. I hail from Vero Beach, Florida. I'm here with uh, my lovely wife, Christy. Christy, we stand up. Also, uh, my four sons and their four wives are here. Will you guys stand up? Awesome. And uh, we also have here our, our house worship band from our church, the Factory Worship. Come on, guys. So whatever you think they like me, I'm happy. So, hey, if you would do this for me, if you'd open your Bible to two places this morning, our text is Ephesians chapter 6, Ephesians 6. And then also at the end of our Bible study, when? You didn't hear that. So at the end of our Bible study, when? Very good. We're going to go to Deuteronomy chapter 6. So you know that the plane is starting its descent when I say Deuteronomy 6, okay? Until then, endure the turbulence. So we're going to be, uh, this morning, we're going to be talking from Ephesians chapter 6, And the subject matter that Paul introduces is the family and specifically parenting. And so I just want to give like a a little premise as we begin. And that is, that is guilt is one of the primary emotions associated with parenting. Guilt could be defined as a, a crippling feeling of shame for what we've done wrong or we perceive that we have done wrong. And often as parents, when we look back, we, we feel as though we failed in so many ways. And, and that, that guilt is often developed by like an, an, an unbalanced uh, comparison. Like we're looking at how other people are doing it, we're not really seeing behind the scenes, and we just feel bad about ourselves. Let me say this as we get started. The purpose of our time together is not to make you feel bad about what you're doing, okay? Secondly, about guilt is that there's another side to guilt. Guilt is also when you've done something wrong. Uh, Not long ago, I I parked my car in Vero Beach, Florida, underneath a sign that read, Jim, don't park here. Now, it wasn't written exactly like that, uh, but I parked there anyway. I went to lunch, I came back, and I had a a fine, a, t- a penalty of $30. So suddenly my $10 burrito became a $40 burrito. And, and I want to tell you that 
I did not feel guilty about parking there. I had several other emotions that were stirred up in me. None of them were guilt, but I was guilty. And if I don't want to turn every burrito into a $40 burrito, I need to change behavior. So on the one hand, I'm, like, I'm, I, I'm not here to make you feel bad about what you're doing or have done in the past, but if there are some things that maybe the Lord points out, then what we want to do is we want to make the appropriate changes, okay? So we're going to read the text, we're going to pray, and we're going to get into the Word. So starting there in verse 1, Ephesians 6, Paul writes, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and the admonition of the Lord. Bond servants, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in sincerity of heart as to Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart. With goodwill, doing service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is a slave or free. And you masters do the same things to them, giving up threatening, knowing that your own master also is in heaven and there is no partiality with him. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you this morning. Thank you, Lord, for for every person here. Thank you for the wonderful work that you have done in their life up to this moment. And thank you, Lord, for how your word wants to address us in this moment and prepare us, Lord, as we follow you from here into that which you've called us to. So bless now the the teaching and the reception of your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, here's where we're going. We're going to make four observations from our text. Then we're going to make two applications from the text, and then you're going to take a coffee break. Okay, so that's, that's where we're headed. Four observations from the text. Here's our first observation, and that is <clears throat> there are certain characteristics that God wants to develop within children. Take a look at, at the text, the first couple verses. He says, children, that's the subject, obey, that's the verb, Your parents, that modifies the verb. He says, uh, for this is right. Okay, so children, obey your parents. The next verse, he says, honor, the same subject. Children, honor your father and mother. And so the, the characteristics in this passage are obedience and honor. Now, obedience is a word that means, it's a, it's a compound Greek word, and it's, it's the word listen and the word under. And it basically carries the idea of receiving both instruction and correction. And so there's a character trait that needs to be developed in children. And that character trait is that they need to listen to instruction and they need to listen to correction. They need to be people that learn that there is information that will help them move forward and that there are times that they need to be corrected along the way. That's an important characteristic to develop within children. Now, the word is used several times. It's a very common word in the Greek language. It's a very common word in the New Testament. Um, But there's one place in the New Testament where it's actually illustrated. It's in the book of Acts in the 12th chapter 
where there is a prayer meeting happening in a home. And while that prayer meeting's happening, there's a pounding on the door. And when that pounding on the door happens, you can imagine, just, so just in your mind, imagine the prayer meeting at, at your home or, or at your fellowship, and imagine that in the middle of that prayer time, people are seeking the moving of God in their lives, and suddenly, bam, 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 bam on the door. There's an interruption. That interruption, it's, there's, a, there's a compelling to respond to the interruption. And so Rhoda gets up from her seat and she walks over and she opens the door. Let me illustrate it in a a modern way. If you have a mobile phone and your mobile phone goes off in an inappropriate setting, for instance, like maybe the 1030 Bible study at Creation Fest. So your, your phone goes off and you're wrestling with it to try to silence it. That might be a hint to check. And, and you're wrestling to silence it and you get it down there. You don't want anybody to know it's you. But there's this compulsion within you. You got to check who called, right? It can't sit in your purse, in your bag, or in your pocket. You're like, I just got to see who that was. You're like, Dave, bro, you know I'm in a Bible study. A couple of weeks ago, we have a Thursday evening midweek Bible study at our church. We also have a, like a family text stream that, uh, that information, usually nonsense, in our family goes back and forth. I am in the pulpit on a Thursday night. My phone was there. There were a couple notes I had on it. And suddenly it starts blowing up with text. And I look, it's my family. And some of them are sitting in the Bible study, (laughs) texting each other. Okay, so, but this word here for obedience is that, that we need to develop within us this sense that when we receive instruction and we receive correction, there's a compulsion within us to respond to it. The second command within the verse, or second characteristic within the verse, is that of honor. Honor your father and mother. And the the word honor means to place in high esteem. It means to put a value upon. So our first observation here in the text is that, according to Paul, it is necessary for children to develop obedience and honor as character traits in their lives. Here's our second observation, and that is that these character traits that need to be developed in children did not originate with Paul. Here's what I mean. We are in the, in the 49th book of the Bible, the 10th book of the New Testament and the sixth chapter of that book. And this is not the first time, if you were reading through your Bible, this is not the first time when suddenly you've come to the subject of child rearing. And suddenly you've come to the character traits of obedience and honor that need to be developed in children. This is something that is scattered throughout Scripture. It was part of the moral law that God gave to humanity codified within the Ten Commandments. This need to honor parents. It was part of the civil law that governed the nation of Israel. The need for children to be be both honoring and obedient. This, this text itself finds its way into sermons taught by Pastor Moses just before Israel entered into the promised land. It's also in a sermon written out by Malachi, and it's found seven times in the New Testament, six times from the mouth of Jesus himself. So these character traits, they did not start with Paul. They are scattered throughout Scripture. The need for children to learn obedience and the need for children to learn 
honor. The third observation I want you to note is that these are not the only character traits that God wants to see developed within children. If we look elsewhere, we'll see other traits that God wants to see developed. So these are not the only character traits. However, these are highlighted because they are vital for adulthood and they are vital for walking with the Lord. In other words, we cannot succeed as adults if we do not have the characteristics of obedience and honor, and we cannot succeed in our walk with the Lord without the character traits of obedience and honor. My text takes us through verse nine. We read through that. We won't have time to unpack all of that. That's your fault. You listen too slowly. But, but I do want you to note, look at verse five. Verse five, he changes the subject. The subject of verses one through four are children and parents. The subject now in verse five are bond servants and masters. In other words, the workforce. But the command is essentially the same. He says, bond servants be what? One person saw it. Let's see if we can get up to seven. Bond servants be what? Obedient to your masters. We're talking now about grown-ups. We're talking about adults. We're talking about the workforce. If you're going to be successful in life itself, the character trait of obedience is necessary. The character trait of honor is necessary. In verse one, we read children, be obedient to your parents um, as unto the Lord. And he says, for this is right. That is, we do it because it's honoring to God. And the obedience of servants to masters is not done as, as I service, but is done unto the Lord. It's the right thing to do. If we do not develop the character traits of obedience and honor, we're going to have a difficult time with adulthood. We're going to have a difficult time in school, in the workplace, in the community, in our church life, and even within our family. So these character traits that are to be developed in children are necessary for adulthood, but they're also necessary to move forward in our walk with the Lord. Jeremiah the prophet was a man who took God's word, codified in the first four uh, books of the Bible, and communicated those truths once again to a backslidden nation. And and one of the, the repeating themes in Jeremiah's message to the people was that the people were not listening to God. They were not hearkening to God. They were not obedient to God. Instead, they were following what he calls the dictates of their own heart. They were failing to, to, to properly work out the very thing that Paul says needs to be developed within us as children, obedience to God. The reason for that is the Bible tells us that we have two warring natures within us. It, when you become a follower of Jesus Christ and you're born again, you become a child of God, you now have a desire within you to please God. But you also have a desire within you for the things that don't please God. And there's this battle. And Paul writes to the Romans about how we have to learn to no longer be obedient to those old desires, but instead we need to be obedient to the Lord. I'm gonna try to illustrate this. I may fail. If I do, I apologize. In, in uh, Mark's gospel, 
we read that the disciples were amazed at the fact that the wind and the waves were obedient to Jesus. The wind and the waves obeyed his voice. Now, prior to that, the wind and the waves had been obeying a different force. They'd been obeying the force of nature, a natural force. Wind, as you know, is created by a change in pressure. Cool air, or rather warm air, rises, and cool air fills the gap, and wind is created. And now, so there's this force of pressure change that that drives wind. Waves are created as wind travels over the surface of water. And as, the, as the, the wind hits the water, it forces the water to begin to do this motion. And a wave, a wavelength, if you've seen, like our, all our sound guys know about wavelengths, but a wavelength will be equal down as it is up. And it'll do this. And the longer that the wind blows and the, with the more force that it blows across the surface of water, the larger waves will get. So you get waves taller than the top of the roof of the shed here. You get these massive waves. The waves are following, they are obedient to a force of nature. And then we have Jesus. And Jesus speaks, and when Jesus speaks, the waves that had been obeying a force of nature and the wind that had been obeying a force of nature now are obedient to the word of Jesus. Do you see the picture? Here's here's the idea. We cannot successfully walk with God until we get to that point in our life where we are willing to say, my natural desires have to bow in obedience to the word of Jesus. So obedience is a necessary character trait for us to walk with the Lord. Here's our fourth and final observation. It is the responsibility of parents to develop these character traits within the children. I'm going to say that in a couple of different ways. Number one, I'm going to say it this way. Paul doesn't leave it to the children to develop these characteristics themselves. He doesn't say, children, obey your parents. Children, honor your father and mother and leave it at that. Take a look with me at verse four. Verse four, he reads, and you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and in the admonition of the Lord. The word training is a word that means to provide instruction with the intent of changing behavior. Aristotle wrote about this, and he said that this word is a word that speaks to aiming at increasing virtue in an individual. And so there's a purpose that the fathers are to bring their children up in the training, the instruction of the Lord. And the word admonition is a word that means to provide correction. And so the responsibility of developing these character traits within the children is not left upon the children. It's not, hey kids, do what your mom said. It's parents, you bear a responsibility to bring your children up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Again, let me try to illustrate. We flew here from Florida, Orlando, Florida. We landed in, where did we land? Gatwick, okay? Orlando, Florida to Gatwick. We had a male pilot, we'll call him dad. We had a female flight attendant, we'll call her mom. Her name was Victoria. And, and listen, the pilot 
he bore one simple responsibility. He bore the responsibility of carrying myself, my wife, and several other passengers safely from Florida to London. That was his responsibility. Get us from point A to point B. The stewardess, she bore other responsibilities. She bore the responsibility of meeting our needs and our felt needs or our perceived needs. So she would come by with water. She would come by with a delightful meal. She, and, and, and the way our seat was set up, the, the call button and the light were right here by my side. And so when I fell asleep, I would inadvertently push the light. That would wake me up. I'd turn it back off. But I'd also inadvertently press the call button. And so that light would go bing, and here would come Victoria coming over to check out to see if Jim is okay. Constantly like a crying child, bing, bing, every few minutes, the light would go off as I would bump into it. So listen, when we landed in, in London, the pilot had, had met his responsibility. He got us from point A to point B safely. The stewardess had met her responsibility. She had cared for our needs and our felt needs along the way. That is not parenting. Parenting is not simply taking our children from from childhood to adulthood and setting them free. Our parenting is not simply taking our children from childhood to adulthood and meeting their, their felt needs along the way. We bear the responsibility, according to Paul, of training them in the teaching and the admonition of the Lord. You see, our pilot nor our flight attendant prepared me for life in London. They didn't prepare me for where I would find the car rental place or the fact that every other driver in the country would be on the wrong side of the road. Now, before you get upset at me, follow my logic. In America, we drive on the right side of the road, correct? The opposite of right is wrong. Thank you. (laughs) Moving on. It's my, it's my goal every time I teach to offend at least most of the people in the audience so that you're kind of tense and irritated and ready to listen. So, okay, this brings us to the second part of our, our, of our message and the sort of the, the tailing towards the end. Listen, if, if the Word of God tells us that there are certain character traits that need to be developed in children and those character traits become the responsibility of parents to develop within the children, the question that we want to ask is, how do we do that? How do we go about doing that? So I want to make a couple of applications. Application number one, I think we do that by setting a goal. We do that by setting a goal. For, for Christy and I, we, we, me in particular, I am what is called a minimalist, okay, which means which means when I pack for a trip, I bring the fewest possible things that you can bring. If when I travel with Christy, I bring more because she has to look at me. When I travel by myself, a two-week trip is a carry-on easily. Might be just a backpack, okay? I'm I'm a minimalist. And so when it came to like our goal of raising children, we sort of broke it down to the lowest common denominator. And that is we want our kids to love Jesus and to like us, Okay? Want our kids to love Jesus and like us. Let me explain. The first one you understand, right? Like us means 
that not that I was trying to be my children's buddy all the time, but instead that I know that my relationship with my children as adults will be much longer than my relationship with them as children. And so I want to invest in their life in such a way that I can continue to make investments in their life as adults. We're going to be, we're going to be equals, in some cases colleagues, for most of our life. And I want to have a relationship like that. Let me give you a, a, what might serve as a healthy goal for you in child rearing. We want to raise children to become adults who will love Jesus and fulfill his plan for their lives. We want to raise children to become adults who will love Jesus and fulfill his purpose for our lives. Now, let me say two things quickly. Number one, I do not, Christy does not see ourselves as like we are the pattern for having done that. Secondly, what I'm going to share with you is not like a formula. A formula is something that if you follow it, you always get the same result. For instance, if you want to find the circumference of a circle, no matter how, how small or large the circle, whether it's a pound or whether it's the circumference of the globe that we live on, the equation's always the same. Pi r squared, right? 3.14 times the radius squared always gets you the circumference of a circle 100% of the time. This is not a formula. These are principles to enact with the help of the work of God in order to develop these traits within our children as they grow. So how do we do that? What are, how do we meet that goal? This is that point in the study where I would ask you to turn to Deuteronomy chapter six. So the wheels are now coming out. Your seat back comes up. Tighten your seat belt. We're getting ready for the descent. Deuteronomy chapter six. And we're gonna pick up in verse four. And I'm gonna provide you with three things that'll help you get to that goal of raising children that become adults who will love God and fulfill, their purpose, fulfill his purpose in their life. Verse four, we read, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And then here's the first one. And these words, which I command you today, shall be in your heart. Number one, first step in developing character traits in our children that will help them love God and fulfill his purposes is that we need to lead them in this. As a parent, your first responsibility is to surrender your life to Jesus Christ and to walk with him. That's your first responsibility as a parent. The more investment you make in your relationship with the Lord, the better off your children are gonna become. We all, as people, are better at following, uh, as following an example than we are following instructions. M- many of us in the room don't know what life was like before GPS on your phone. In, in, in the old days, back a couple of, couple of months ago, my son, Nate, he was up here earlier. He worked with the youth ministry. He, he taught a Bible study, and in, in it, he referred to back in my day. How old are you, Nate? 26? 26, back in his day, right? Many of us, we go, well, back in my day, when you, know, when, when you wanted to get somewhere, somebody would draw you a map. And they draw the map, and, and you're driving along, and you're going, the road doesn't look like this map. 
Nowadays, isn't it, isn't it much easier when Siri tells you, turn right, right? Turn right. Okay, in, 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 in a quarter mile, turn right. Stay in the left lane. Okay, it's the, the idea is very clear instruction. As parents, we need to lead our children into these things. We need to walk with the Lord ourselves. Number two, he goes on in verse seven. He says, you shall teach them diligently to your children. Not only is it something that we set the example for, but we take the time to instruct. That, that word where Paul wrote, he said, uh, uh, fathers, don't provoke your children to wrath, but, but bring them up in the, in the training and the admonition of the Lord. That word training is a word that, that Plato referred to and, and he talked about it and he said, listen, the primary responsibility, what the word itself means, the primary responsibility of child rearing rests with the parents. That's what the word itself means. We bear the responsibility of instructing our children in the things of the Lord. Listen to how he says to do it. He says, you shall teach them diligently when you, when you sit in the house, walk by the way, lie down, rise up, bind them on your hand, put them on the front of your eyes, write them on the doorpost, put them on the gates. I'll wrap up by saying this. We instruct our children not by teaching them just simple Bible stories and letting them live life, but by using the Bible to instruct life. One of the things that we understand as followers of Jesus is that life itself becomes the tools by which God sanctifies or conforms us into the image of Jesus. Both tragedy and triumph, God uses to work the characteristics of Christ in our life. So when our children are going through something, good or bad, it's valuable to sit down with them and say, listen, I know you're having this difficulty. Let's look at what the Bible says about how we should act and react in light of these things. Life becomes the backdrop for instruction in Scripture. We don't just correct our children because they're embarrassing us. We correct our children because it's a principle in God's word that we want to see developed within their lives. The last thing I'll say, I already told you I'd say the last thing. I got 17 seconds to do it. There's a verse in the book of Second Chronicles where a king is facing a very difficult situation. And, and, and he basically says this. He says, God, we don't know what we're doing but our eyes are on you. As a parent, my wife can testify of this, that has been the theme of our parenting. Lord, we don't really know what we're doing, but our eyes are on you. In every given situation, we're gonna sit down and we're gonna say, Lord, we know that you're involved in this, we know your word addresses this, and so we wanna seek you as to what your word would say regarding the situation that we're in. So let's do this. Why don't we all stand to our feet? And if you would... Let me pray for you. Father, we want to say thank you for your word. Truly, your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Thank you, Lord, that we don't have to navigate our way in the dark, but Lord, your word gives us clear instruction for how we're living. Lord, we want to pray right now for, for those in the room who have children who are currently not walking with you. We know, Lord, that your heart is for those children, that you love them no matter what their age, no matter what their situation, and we pray, God, you'd continue to work in their life. We wanna pray, Lord, specifically for those who have 
children or grandchildren that are young, that are in those early formative years. I pray, God, that the homes represented here would be homes where those children never go a day without knowing how much Jesus loves them and the work that God wants to accomplish in their lives. And for all of us, Lord, we would ask for a fresh working, a fresh energizing of your spirit in our lives so that we could live out our Christianity within our homes and our communities. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys.